I'm Margaret Feinberg, and this is The Joycast. I have heard from so many of you who are loving my new devotional, More Power to You, Break Free from Fear and Take Your Life Back. I love what our friend Connie wrote. She said, I read your devotional on Ann Voskamp's website and immediately ordered your book. When you talk about life happening with no warning and dark days rolling into murky months, I've experienced a lot of loss in the past few years, and the cherry on the top was being diagnosed with cancer. I just haven't been able to move on. It feels like I have been stuck in a dark hole forever. But God, He led me to your book, and I am using the daily declarations several times every day to refute the enemy's lies about my life. Thank you for being real, vulnerable, and honest. You see, that's what this season is about. We have got to rise up, friends, as people who are breaking free from fear and taking our life back as kingdom kids. And in today's episode, I think that we're going to refute one of the lies that many of us have been tempted to believe, and that's women don't do that. I remember a number of years ago, I was speaking at a leadership conference, and a man cornered me in the hallway with a rather pointed question. He asked, what gives you the right as a woman to stand up and speak to this audience, which includes men? about anything having to do with scripture. I remember that question stole my breath, but the spirit stirred inside of me. And before I could process my response, I simply answered, because I am God's daughter. I remember that man, he looked at me and he recognized the principle that a daughter, whether on behalf of a heavenly father or a human one, has the right to speak for the family. That stony look and his eyes melted, and he said, that's a good answer. Maybe you in your life have been tempted to believe the lie that women don't do that. When you step into your gifts, activate your talents, share your insights. Maybe those words have been spoken aloud or silently over your profession, over your dreams, over your nonprofit. Or maybe you feel called to stay home as a full-time mom to care for the kids, but in a double-income culture, people keep telling you, women don't do that anymore. You see, I believe this insidious lie falls on each of us like a gavel. It renders a verdict on our lives by attacking a part of us that we cannot change, a calling that we have been given that we cannot push away. You see, before you came into this world, you were given a destiny. And that word destiny comes from the Latin root, meaning make firm or establish. In other words, you have a God-given destination that is prepared especially for you. And if you believe the naysayers who huff, well, women don't do that, then you won't lay claim to all that God has for you. Consider for a moment some of the women of the Bible who rose up and defied the rule that women don't do that. Women like Esther who stepped in to rescue the Jewish people before the king, or Rahab, who risked her life to save the Hebrew spies, or Deborah, who served as an ancient judge in Israel, a prophet and a military leader, or Mary, who becomes pregnant by the Holy Spirit out of wedlock. Man, that 
That is something women don't do. I mean, that is out of bounds for any female. Or think about that woman who soaks Jesus' feet with her tears and expensive perfume in a culture where no woman should ever touch a man in public, and especially in such an intimate way. You see, I think you and I more than ever need to step out in our God-given calling and gifts, no matter what that looks like. And that's why I'm excited to introduce you to my dear friend, Jody Nisnik, who serves on staff at Irving Bible Church in Irving, Texas. She has a brand new Bible study called Choose, a study of Moses for a life that matters. And though Moses is one of the greats of biblical history, what we're going to learn today is that Moses wouldn't even be alive if it weren't for a handful of women who rose up and said, I'm not going to believe the lie that women don't do that. In fact, it's this group of extraordinarily brave women who rise up and change the course of history. Friends, we are living in a moment where we cannot afford to have you or any woman sidelined by the lie that you're not supposed to do that especially in this moment in history. We need you stepping out in faith, launching nonprofits that will save the world, guiding companies to make ethical, God-honoring decisions, raising up mighty children who love Jesus, transforming local communities one person at a time, introducing others to the superabundance of grace that is found in Jesus. Friends, gifted and empowered, this is who you are. So let's boldly walk in the fullness of all God has for each of us, no matter what that looks like. Pull up a chair. You don't want to miss this incredible conversation. Jody, it is such a delight to have you on the Joycast. It is so fun to be with you, Margaret. I wish we were in person. I always have the best time when I'm hanging out with you. Oh my goodness, me too. This would be so much more fun in person. I know, right? I mean, we've eaten, I feel like, a zillion meals together. We've been to conferences together. We have been to events together. You've you've traveled with me at times and been such an incredible help and cheerleader. Uh, I think it was right before the pandemic that it was actually like one of the last events before pandemic set in and you and I were on a trip and I remember we had the most incredible lunch. And when we we went to the restaurant, I remember getting out of the car and saying to you, do you remember the time that we went to this incredible restaurant and had the best time? And you were like, what? And then you got it because we knew that this was like the final comma pause before pandemic world was unleashed, everything set down. It was like this gift sliver moment in time. Oh my goodness. Yes. I remember that moment clearly. And we both kind of just looked at each other and I was like, oh my goodness, everything's changing and it's nothing's going to be the same. Well, we had no idea. We thought maybe a couple of weeks. I mean, who would have thought, right? So here we are. Yeah. (laughs) And here we are, and it has been a wild journey, a wild journey. If I remember, you have recently got a copy of More Power to You in the mail. I do. I just got it. Well, I've had it for a little while. Amazon delivered it to me, and I was so excited to rip open the box and 
grab this book and I have been working through it. And I tell you, it has just been ministering to my soul. Um, the way that you have identified these lies that we buy into, um, and then revealing the truth that we need to cling to. It has just been really amazing for me. Oh, thank you for your kind words, Jody. And one of the things that I love about you, and I want to just have our listeners know a little bit more about you, is just your background in in loving the church and loving people that are in ministry. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yeah, that? Yeah. So I have been a pastor for 12 years. Actually, I think I just crossed over the 13-year mark now. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Is that lucky number 13? Uh, <laughs> and I have been serving at a church in Irving, at Irving Bible Church, for all of that time. Um, and it has just been an unexpected joy. Like if I looked back on my life, I would have never had said, oh, I want to be a pastor when I grow up. And yet it is so clear that that's what God's called me to do. And so I love being in the local church and um, I spend most of my time ministering to women, um, writing Bible studies and just helping them in their discipleship journey with the Lord, um, coming to know him better and take another step with Jesus. That's kind of what my um, how I summarize my calling is I feel that I'm called to help people, anyone really take another step with Jesus, wherever they are, there's always another step to take. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about what I do. When Jody, when you did this Bible study is so rich, choose uh, on the study of Moses for a life that matters. I think one of the things that you started to notice was how many crucial roles women play in the life of Moses. Can you kind of highlight and walk us through some of those? Yeah. I mean, this is one of the things I love about his story that the Lord drew out to me is how important women were in actually making sure Moses's story even happened. I mean, you think back to the beginning of Exodus, and if you aren't familiar with the story, go read Exodus. It's fascinating reading. And it's a quick read because it's such a, a great story in and of itself. But, um, you know, first of all, uh, the Egyptian ruler who's called the Pharaoh, he's like, we got to get rid of all these baby boys <laughs> because the, the, they're going to overtake us. And they're, the, the Hebrews are going to be more powerful than we are. And so he was looking for a way to undercut them. And so his plan was to kill all the baby boys. So it would just be a nation full of girls. And then eventually the nation would be strangled, right? Because they couldn't procreate anymore. And they couldn't have men that were fighting. This is a highly patriarchal culture. Um, and so he orders the midwives, which are the women that are helping assist with the births of children to kill every baby boy that's born. And these two midwives um, who are mentioned by name, uh, they defy the orders. And when Moses is born, they do not kill him. And then there's Moses's mother. So then the Pharaoh gets more desperate and he says, you know what? Every baby boy two years or younger needs to be thrown into the Nile River. I mean, can you even imagine the terror of that? Um, and so these women under threat of death because they've got other children they have to care for are giving their baby boys up to drown in the Nile. And Moses's mother doesn't. She gives birth to Moses and she hides him for three months. And then all of a sudden, I mean, how hard could it be to hide a three-month-old screaming, right? And so she gets, <laughs> she's like, okay, this isn't going to work much longer. And so then they um, devise this plan to put Moses in a basket. You've seen all these cute little baby book pictures and float him down the Nile River. And um, his sister stands in the reeds and watches. And then Pharaoh's sister 
or Pharaoh's daughter draws him out, falls in love with him and says, no, I'm going to raise him as my own son. And I think these three women, the midwives, well, the two midwives, Pharaoh, uh, Moses's mother and the Pharaoh's daughter, every single one of them were told they should do something other than what they did. And every single one of them had to stare that lie in the face um, and say, no, no, this is what I actually know I am supposed to do. And so I'm going to do it. So his actual physical life depended on these three uh, groups and types of women, Um, his mom and, and the Pharaoh's daughter especially. I mean, can you imagine the Pharaoh's daughter brings home this Hebrew boy who his, her dad has been trying to adamantly kill and says, you know what, I'm going to keep this one and raise him. (laughs) Um, I can't imagine how that family conversation went. Um, But then later in Moses's life, um, his sister, Miriam, they, they've crossed the Red Sea, the, the, um, the, Israelites, the Hebrews are finally on the other side. Um, and the Egyptians are, have, are done pursuing them and they are worshiping. And it's this beautiful scene of the whole nation just worshiping. And it says that Miriam, uh, leads in worship, the women, and it calls her in that scripture, a prophet. And a prophet is actually someone who speaks God's words on God's behalf. And that's astonishing if you think about it, Um, because here she is again in this highly patriarchal culture, and God makes sure that we know that Miriam is a prophet, that Miriam has words to speak about God, to teach others about who he is, that she's going to actually speak his words for people at times. Um, And so I, I love that because Miriam is... Moses's sister, and she's journeying alongside him, and she is not perfect. Um, we see later that she she makes a major stumble um, and, and goes against Moses and gets you know has some consequences for that. But in this moment, it's just this beautiful picture of of this woman rising up in an appropriate way um, and worshiping God and leading others to do the same. And so I think about like there are so many women. If if Miriam had believed the lie, oh no, uh uh-uh, uh, I, I can't do that. I'm a woman, then then we would have missed out on actually seeing her do these things. And also we would have missed out on hearing God speak truth over her that we get to hear even now that she was called a prophet. So I, I think there are lots of women in his life that had to combat that lie. Um, and without them, we wouldn't even have Moses' story, which is amazing. And what's interesting, you know, as you were talking and I was listening, they didn't just combat the lie that women don't do that. I mean, they bet their lives. They bet brutal punishment and death on the fact that even in the midst of this, you know, pharaoh dictator who was saying this and this and this, they would rise up, risk their lives in order to do the very thing that God had called them to do. And my hunch is is that there are some listeners right now who you have felt that strong pull. And I don't know what that calling is on your life. I don't know if you're being called to gather coats for the winter. 
I don't know if you're being called to put together backpacks and stuff them with food for the kids who are hungry. I don't know if you're being called to go to nursing school and serve on the front lines. I don't know if you're being called to say, you know what, I I know it's going to be thin, but you know what, we're supposed to have another baby. I don't know if the thing that you are being called to is that you are called to be the reconciler in your family. I don't know if you're being called to do something outside of what your dad has told you and forbidden you to do your entire lives. But there are women listening right now who, just like the women in Moses' life, are being called to rise up, step out in faith, take great risk, and fulfill the calling that God has for them. Yeah, I I love um, what you just said. And there's in the scripture, it says, the midwives, however, feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. And to me, that's the basis of it. It's this fear of God. Um, and and that 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 voice in our life, his voice in our life has got to be stronger than those other voices that want to stop us um, and keep us from big and little uh, things that are that are to make this world better, that are to serve him and bring glory to him and show people who he is. So yeah, I love that you just said that. Yeah. One of my phrases, so I have like, um, a lot of my listeners know this, I kind of have go-to phrases, which I use way too many times. And my friends know this too. Like one of them is tap, tap out when I'm like, I'm done. Like, like tap, tap out. Uh, but, but one of my new ones is out of bounds because I feel like in this uh, pandemic, crazy post-election, all that's going on in our world, which is completely out of bounds. <laughs> so I just keep saying out of bounds. But when I look at some of the women in the Bible, I'm like, man, they stepped out of bounds, not in a bad way, but in a positive way to, to literally change the course of history. I think of Esther. You know, here she is, you know, she's ready to rescue the Jewish people despite all odds. She steps out of bounds of like, nope, you can't do that. That's not appropriate. She enters the king's presence without an invitation, which was like immediate beheading, immediate death. And, and everyone knew that people, and especially women, didn't barge into the throne room and speak their minds. But because of that, she saved the Jewish people. That's right. Oh, I love you know, Esther. Yeah. Or uh, Deborah, you know, she serves as an ancient Israel, in ancient uh, Israel as a judge, a prophet, a military leader. And, and yet, you know, women weren't supposed to hold those kinds of high offices. And yet, as she does, you know, she is used by God to help that nation flourish. Yeah, I think you know, I, I just reflecting and there's so many other, and listen, if you guys don't have this book, you need to get it because, um, you talk about Rahab and Mary, um, the women who gather at the tomb, all of these women go out of bounds to do the work that God is leading them to. And I just think, man, if we were all brave, like Esther, listen, Esther had a terrible story. I, I do not want her story. Um, she had a hard thing to do, but if we were brave like her, could we also save a nation? We have no idea. Um, and it felt, I mean, it felt huge to her at the time, right? Because you're right. She could have gotten her head chopped off immediately. And yet it was just walking into a room too. So it, it, this acts of obedience that we're called to do sometimes feel really small to us. And yet they lead to just, you know, the, the 
setting in motion this whole chain of events, like going back to the midwives, like if they had killed Moses, okay, well, now we got to have a different plan. Like it, it sets in motion a whole chain of events. And um, so we do need to just listen and be faithful, even to those little promptings that you're filling in your, your spirit and letting the Holy Spirit uh, just kind of keep tapping you on the shoulder um, maybe we should say tap, tap in. <laughs> like, I feel like, yeah, I feel like I love it. Spirit saying, Hey, I'm tapping you. Move in, move in. Um, so yeah, I just, that would be my encouragement, man, women that are listening, you are called, you are equipped. God has, um, instilled in you such an abundance, um, of gifting of talent. And you may not think it is, but man, he does. He delights in you. Um, he looks on you and he's like, oof, there's my girl and look at her. She's amazing. And, um, and he just has such good work for us to do. I, I, Ephesians 2.10 is my favorite verse. It's my life verse um, that we are created in Christ Jesus to do good work, which he has created in advance for us to do. Like he's already laid the groundwork, already set the path. We just get to follow. And what a what a releasing that is. Like, I don't have to come up with the path. I don't have to, co- I just follow him. It is so good. And Acts 1-8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you, you, not regardless of age or background or socioeconomic or gender, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And one side note and kind of disclaimer I think we need to add in this conversation is to say, just because somebody has a different calling, a different title than you, do not allow that to distract you from what God has called and equipped you to do. There are some of you listening who may say, well, I don't think it's right for a woman to be a pastor. No worries. That doesn't mean to attack someone who is or has that. What it means is to say, you know what, just like Jody said earlier, I will trust that God's work in that person and I'm going to pursue what God has for me to do. Yeah, it's the calling of unity. I mean, we are one body. <laughs> um, that's why Jesus died for, is for us to be one, to know him, and to bring him to the world. So yeah, that's a really great disclaimer. Mm-hmm. And to trust the work that God is doing in all of us. It may not look familiar. It may not be part of our backgrounds. I, you know, I'm never going to be a CEO of a, you know, a major corporation, but it's not my job to try to discourage or take out some woman who that is where God has placed her. And she's being able to do things in the kingdom that I never could. And so to celebrate each other and to come around and say, woohoo, I love that God is doing that in you. And as we do that, I think we all begin to dispel that lie. Women don't do that. And we go, you know what? Women do all that Christ has called them to. Amen. Amen. Well, Jody, it has been such a joy and such a delight to have you on the Joycast. It has been my complete privilege. So thankful. 